Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Can I be honest with you all this morning? Someone said, "Uh uh-oh, help me, Jesus. (laughs) When Joshua asked that question, we know what's going to happen. Focused listening can be hard for me sometimes. My wife is watching. She'd probably be like, amen. Hey, baby. Um, For instance, sometimes uh, my wife might be talking to me and uh, I might have my head down looking at my phone. And you know what I'm talking about? There, but not there. And she might say, Joshua, are you listening to me? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm listening. And she says, no, you're not. You're not listening to me. She says it nice and gentle, though. She doesn't say it like me. You're distracted by your phone. And I'm like, oops, my bad. You're right. I'm not listening. Oh, don't don't look at me like that. Don't look at me like that with that judgmental tone, because I will come down your street right to your house. We are here at times, but we're not here. Listening to something, but not really listening to what's happening in the moment. We, we are connected to this world more than ever before because of technology and because of the globalization of this world. We're connected like never before, yet sometimes unaware of what's happening right in front of us. One study suggests that uh, people are distracted, forgetful, or preoccupied 75% of the time. Now, a lot of us have issues with listening to the right things as well. We're listening to the wrong voices. We're constantly bombarded by things that are competing for us to listen to it. And it has us distracted from listening to the most important voice, the voice of God. You know what I'm talking about? We're distracted by social media influences. Yo, they have a million followers. I only have 10. What am I going to do? I need to watch what they're doing. I need to listen to them. We're distracted by music. Not necessarily bad music, but it's not music that helps us to listen to the most important voice. Maybe it's what we watch at times. You know, it causes us to compromise our faith and our discipleship unto Jesus. And we're distracted by the negative voices in our heads. The negative scripts. The voices that tell us we're not going to make it. The voices that speak condemnation and shame over us. The voices that tell us that we're less than who we are in God. The voices that cause us to think that we're not going to be everything that God called us to be. The negative scripts. And then we have an enemy of our souls that's constantly speaking to us and trying to kill, steal, and destroy life from us. And we're listening to the voice of the enemy that constantly bombards our minds. And if we were to be honest this morning, probably not all of us, but some of us have warfare in our minds. And we're trying to figure out how to hear not the negative scripts, not social media, not the things I'm not or should be watching or I shouldn't be watching, but listen to the voice of God. 
The truth is we contend with so many things in our world that's competing with the most important voice. And God is saying to us this morning that he wants us to listen to his voice. His voice. And if you don't remember anything else this morning, I want you to remember this. God wants you and I to listen to his voice. You see, I believe that God gave me a word this year as I was praying. And I believe that this word is for us as well in this room. Because if I were to be honest with you all, I'm in that number as well. The voices compete all the time with God's voice. The scripts and the narratives compete with the voice of God in my own life quite often. And the Lord rocked me before the year started. He said, Joshua, I want you to listen to my voice more in 2024. Now, I know, I know that's cheesy. I know, I understand. But his voice in our ears more in 2024. I believe that is a word for us today. You know, as I was preparing this message, I uh, was reminded of the discipleship survey that you all took last semester. How many of you all took it? No, just don't, don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. I did. They didn't. Uh, anyway. Um, and what stood out to me during this discipleship survey, and if you haven't taken, shameless plug, if you haven't taken the discipleship survey, please, please go online or talk to me after service and we'll get you plugged in. But uh, this survey um, told us something that I want to highlight today, and that is in our community, the growth area that this survey highlighted was listening to the voice of God. And, and I believe this text that uh, Lindsay read earlier, I believe this text will help us listen to and respond to his voice more. So in this text, we find uh, this boy who was a growing prophet and this growing prophet is found in the Old Testament. And he, again, helps us better understand what it means to listen to the voice of God and to respond to it. Okay, for, for context, Samuel was young. Some scholars say that he's between 8 and 15. Some say that he was 12. But one day, Samuel was ministering to the Lord, and Eli was there too. And they were in the temple of the Lord. The text says that the word of the Lord was rare in those days, and vision was not frequent either. I mean, could you imagine with me these times? Not hearing from God in supernatural ways, unable to, to, to get visions and dreams and prophetic insights. All of these things are non-existent. And this is what is happening in those days. Yet this boy Samuel was still serving the Lord. He was ministering to the Lord. This boy still had a passion to be before the Lord. Now Samuel's mentor, Eli, has issues seeing. He, was, he, was, uh, he had difficulty seeing, but according to the text, the lamp of God did not completely go out. There was still a little light in the room. Now typically the lamp would burn all night and eventually it would go out early uh, in the day or in the morning. But this lamp, if you would allow me to use 
my Holy Spirit infused imagination also represents the presence of God. And I would say that the lamp of God did not go out in that room. And the light of God did not disappear in that world. So there was still hope. And just as this this lamp did not literally go out in this text, so the light of God's presence did not go out. God did not fully remove his presence from his people. And where do you find this, this boy Samuel? Where do you find him? Right there in front of the ark of God. Right there in God's presence. You see, the ark of God was a symbol of God's presence. He wanted to be where God was. And let me park right here and say this. I know we declare what generation you are, Gen Z, Gen Alpha. Can I take liberty and say you're the Samuel generation? You're the Samuel generation. This year, you're going to be the generation, not to say, what, I love what Chris said earlier, uh, uh, late in the semester last year, not, not just simply, what is my calling? That's good. I, I want you to know your calling. But we stress out over calling and we don't pursue his presence. And what God is saying to us this year, us, I'm included in that number. And that is this. It's time to prioritize his presence. I know I know it may feel like you can't seem to trace the movement of God's at all at times. I know that it might feel like the lamp of God is going out. I know that it might feel like you can't sense his presence. I mean, you're singing songs, but you can't sense his manifest presence. You can't seem to touch him. You can't seem uh, uh, to know where he is. You can't seem to discover the movement of God. And can I say to you this morning, it's time for us, fam, to seek and prioritize prioritize the presence of almighty God. It's time to get into his presence. Be right where he is. I'm not mad at you. I'm just really passionate right now. Many people ask, why do we take chapel so seriously? What I mean, what, why do I have to be here? Why can't I just steal the coat, like stand outside the door and steal the coat? Hey, if you want to do that, that's on you. But let me tell you something. The reason why we take chapel so seriously here as a community is because we get to gather together and pursue God's presence. We get to pursue the presence of almighty God, the God of the universe who's coming after us, who desires us, who wants more for us than we want for ourselves. We get to come together and actually experience and encounter almighty God. That's why we prioritize chapel here. Because we believe as a Pentecostal school, hey, I'm not trying to be exclusive, but here's the deal. As a Pentecostal school, we believe that our God is a God who moves and our God is a God who shows up. When God shows up, when God shows up, the potential of life change, the potential of us being different. We have heard stories of people saying, I was in the balcony and God showed up for me in the balcony and my life will never be the same. 
when we show up and God shows up, transformation happens. God does things in these 50 minutes that are unexplainable. And he's been doing this for over 90 years. You all, we are a part of history. We've watched God move. We know our God is a God who moves. And you are the Samuel generation that would prioritize his presence this year, his voice in our ears. That's why we want you here. We don't want to manipulate you. No, we believe that God moves. That's why we want you here. We don't want to make you feel condemnation. No, we believe that God moves. That's why we want you here. We don't want to charge you money. We, we don't want to do that. We, we believe that God moves. There needs to be external accountability, but we believe that God moves. That's why we want you here, because we want you in the presence of Almighty God together as a community. And here's the thing. When you're in his presence, God speaks. God speaks. God speaks to Samuel. Here's what happened. Verse four. Um, Samuel gets this call. Samuel thought it was Eli. Eli's like, nope, it ain't me. Go back to bed. Samuel goes back to bed. God speaks again. I'm, I'm paraphrasing right now. Uh, Samuel thought it was Eli. Eli like, nope, not me. Go back to bed. Once again, Samuel gets the call. Samuel, Samuel. Samuel's like, it must be Eli. Samuel runs to Eli. Eli like, no, uh, it's not me. Go back to bed. Now, in verse 8, this last time, Eli finally realizes who it was that was talking to Samuel. It was God. God was talking to Samuel. Now, you would expect Eli, come, now, let's talk about Eli for a moment, all right? You would expect Eli to know the voice of God. I mean, he was around God for a minute there. What happened to Eli? Ask that question. What happened to Eli? I'm glad you asked that question. Thank you so much. I mean, he was a prophet and judge. Ask, what happened to Eli? I mean, he had been in the presence of God. I love you talking back to me. Ask, what happened to Eli? Eli was compromised. That's what happened to Eli. As a leader, he let his sons do whatever they wanted to do. They abused power. They walked outside of the calling that God had placed on their lives to prioritize God's presence. That's what I believe happened to Eli. You see, compromise can, not all the time, but compromise can stop us from hearing God's voice. People are like, why can't I hear God? Sometimes God, I understand you might be in a valley. And God might just be saying, and we'll talk about this more in just a few minutes. He might be saying, just dig into my word. Not That's how you hear me. But sometimes compromise can stop us from clearly hearing the voice of of God, Eli was compromised. But finally, Eli understood, oh, I know that voice. That's the voice of God. And he said something to Samuel that I think we need to keep in our own 
hearts and minds as we walk with God. He said, next time the Lord speaks, you say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So what did Samuel do? He's smart enough. That boy was smart. He said, "Okay, I'm going to follow what you're saying. God said, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, speak, Lord. For your servant. Is listening. And God stands up and he gives Samuel a mission. He gives Samuel a calling. He gives Samuel a word. Now, this word was a word of judgment for Eli. But the point is, God speaks to Samuel. And God speaks to his children. It's his desire to speak to us. I love what Eugene Peterson says about God speaking. He, he says this. With this God, square one is always, always, and God say it. The God of the universe speaks. But how does he speak? How does God speak to us? How God speaks to us might be different at different times, but this text and other texts gives us clues of how God speaks. Because remember, it is our job to listen to his voice more in 20. 24. How does God speak? Can I say this to you? We have to cultivate our ears to hear what God is saying to us. But how do we do this? First, we have to understand that God speaks through his word. Everyone say his word. First, Tim, first uh, Timothy 3.16 says, all scripture is inspired by God. Pause. It, that means that it's breathed out by God. All scripture is breathing out God's spirit. And it's profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness. So what should we do this year? We need to get into God's word. Now, I know we're at a Christian university, and let's be honest, let's be honest, we, we have our uh, Old Testament, New Testament, shout out to the professors there. Some of you are in uh, Christian ministries, uh, programs, Bible programs, global studies, all these things. Some of you all have to take uh, classes um, for, for Bible, and sometimes, if you're like me in college, the, the Bible can become merely a textbook, and that's it. Your spirit is dry because you see the text as a textbook. But the Bible is not an ordinary book. It says about itself that it's breathed out by God. Get into his word and stay in his word. Secondly, God speaks when we worship. He speaks when we worship. The, the Bible says the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Yes, the Father wants such people to worship him. God is pursuing people who would worship him. I love what Pastor Dick Eastman says. He says, worship provides a place for God to dwell here on earth. That's why we want you to be here, because we believe that when you worship and we worship, God shows 
up. God speaks in a number of other ways, fasting and prayer and prophecies and visions and impressions or maybe God thoughts. You know, you you hear something from God and you you respond to it. And these gifts are given to us to uplift and build each other up. But here's what we need to say this year. We know God speaks through his word. We know that God speaks through worship. But what do we need to say? We need to be like Samuel and say, speak, Lord. For your servant is listening. And when you say that, God might speak through a whisper. He might speak in silence, in solitude. He might speak through something dramatic like Isaiah 6. He might speak in chapel. He might speak in the classroom. He may speak as you're competing in athletics. Wherever he speaks, let us say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. You know, let's stand in this moment. Imagine us leaving out of this room and saying to God, speak, Lord, for your servants are listening. What would happen if we take the speak, Lord, challenge? Where we say, wherever I am, Lord, I want you to speak to me. Now, primarily, we believe that If you get something from the Lord, it should be in alignment with the character and nature of God found in Scripture. But we believe that God speaks. He speaks through his word. He speaks in worship. And our right response is to posture ourselves and say, speak, Lord, every moment of every day because your servants are listening. Would you lift up your hands? Father. All we ask in this moment today and throughout these chapels is that you would challenge us to have a posture of saying, speak, Lord, your servants are listening. And we know that when we say that, you respond. And when you respond, I pray that you would help us to respond. I pray this for every student, staff, faculty, all of us, Lord that we would be people who would posture our hearts and say, speak, for your servants are listening. In Jesus' name, amen. See you tomorrow at 1050.